Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, man. How's life? How are you? Where are you? Who are you? How yeah. do we start there? Cool. So my name is Caleb, and I'm a freelance photographer but I moved out here to Dubai about two years ago to start teaching photography workshops, basically for the UAE's largest center of photography. So that's like my, my shortest brief uh, kind of introduction to my, myself. But in terms of like what I've been up to, I uh, just got finished teaching a kid's summer camp about photography, which is really cool, called the Canon Juniors Academy. So just had like 12 little munchkins running around and teaching them how to do photography for a week. So that was fun. And uh, yeah, now I'm on the podcast and that's like the shortest wrap up of me that I think I can get there. What about Love you? It. What you been up to? What about me? Oh, geez. Yeah. Nobody's ever asked me what I'm up to. I'm in a, I'm in a little tiny cabin beside the sea in Sweden. It's like a Ooh. summer cabin. Very good. Yeah, it's really nice, actually. It's very cozy. It's very windy today. I picked a whole bunch of blueberries with my kids today, and I'm just living the dream, man. Hey, that's awesome. Wait, what's the temperature there? The temperature? I'm going to go with about 15, so I'm not too sure how that translates over into In your Celsius? brain. But, yep. Yeah, so it's about 45 Celsius here. <laughs> so you're baking. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> it's really hot. So why well, would you put yourself in a position to move somewhere where you're going to be baking in the heat all the time? How did you end up over there in that hot, hot place? Yeah, it's a, it's a funny story, actually. So my my dad's a professional photographer, Zach Arias. He, he's been at previous Way Up North events, actually. And so when he was out here, he comes out here once a year for this big annual event that the company I now work for holds. Uh, it's called Photo Week, held by Gulf Photo Plus. And so he's been coming out to that for like 10 years now or something stupid long and so when he was out here in February of 2017, the main full-time instructor of Gulf Photo Plus was leaving the company. And so they were like, ah, we need someone to be our new teacher. So they went around asking everybody at the event. They're like, hey, do you want to teach with us full-time? Do you know anyone that wants to teach with us full-time? So they were scrambling to find a new teacher. Uh, and they asked my dad. And my dad was like, you know what? I bet my son Caleb would be really, really good at that. Uh, now, keep in mind, I was 18 at the time, and I had never taught photography. So they were like, okay, well, send him out here for three months. Let's see how he does. If he does well, great. We got a new teacher. And if not, we'll just pay him half salary, and uh, we'll find someone else in that same time. So I came out so here. An 18, like that's a, that's, I mean, I can understand their, their, their caution, their trepidation. I mean, 18 is a young person and yeah, probably not that experience with photography in general, let alone teaching. So there's a lot of like, a lot of things that were against you, um, in the beginning yet your dad vouched for you. Like, what do you think your dad saw in you that made him aside from you being a son, of course, and a proud dad, but like, what did your dad see in you as a, as a young guy who could potentially fill such a such a cool teaching role. 
Yeah. So for reference, I had gone to Dubai with him in 2015. So two years prior to that to do some video work for Gulf Photo Plus. So I was there just doing like some event photography and videography was my kind of role two years previous to this. And so they kind of got to see me, but I was still only 16 the time they saw me. And the video I made was not necessarily of the most pristine caliber, let's say. Um, But, you know, I've been doing photography and interested in photography since I was like maybe 12 or 13. I've been actively taking pictures with a camera. That's when I started. So I've had a lot of experience doing it. And uh, in the ages of 16 to 18, in that time, uh, I actually dropped out of high school to kind of pursue photography full time. So well, not really dropped out, but I stopped going to public high school. I started doing online school just to solely focus on photography and travel with my dad. So for those two years since I had been there in 2015, uh, I had been only focusing on photography. So he was super confident in me as as an instructor to the content because all I needed to learn was the format. And I'm very extroverted by nature. So I'm super easy with people. You know, if you want to ever come up and talk to me in person, I'm like, hey, what's up? What what you up to? And so I think he saw all of that and was like, I bet Caleb would be cool for that. And he just wanted me to kind of go out and, you know, see the world. Wow, that that sounds really great. And uh, it seems to be going pretty well for you. It has been, what, three years you've been doing it? Yeah, so I've been out here for two years and change. So I came out here in 2017 officially. So March of 2017 is now August of 2019. So a little bit over two years now I've been out here. So when we when we asked you to come uh, be part of Way Up North, um, like it was uh, it was an interesting discussion <laughs> that we had because for two reasons. First, the obvious one is like your Zach's, uh, your Zach's son. And we thought it would be just kind of cool to, to do that, but that wasn't the reason why that caught our attention, (laughs) but it wasn't the reason it was actually your portfolio itself. Um, so if you strip away your, you know, your last name and the fact that you're by now you're getting a lot of experience as a teacher, but it was your portfolio that really caught our eyes. So what I'm curious about with you is like, how have you been able to balance being a teacher at the same time as a guy who's like, trying to build a portfolio and potentially get away from teaching eventually, if that's what you want to do? That's a really good question. So I've been struggling with that myself, actually. So for example, like when I was back in the States, I was doing freelance photography full time. So I was getting jobs and I was being with different clients and I had like regular clients who always wanted portraits taken for, you know, different press outlets or whatever it may have been. And so when I moved out here, I didn't have any network of people. It was nobody. Like I only knew a few people from the company, but that was it. So trying to start doing freelance as well as having a full-time job teaching was like a really, really tough situation to be in when I first moved out here. Uh, As of recent, I've been doing a lot more freelance work, but it's more in the corporate realm. I haven't been doing as much like fun, personal freelance portraiture, which is what I was kind of known for and what my portfolio mainly consisted of when I was back in the States. So to answer your question, I actually don't balance it as well as I would like to. I spend a lot of my time now teaching and doing in private training, uh, but I do do corporate freelance stuff, uh, but not to the same level or uh, quantity as I was when I was back in the States. Yeah, I got you. I got you. you must be a an interesting balancing act. And um, 
with that, like, one, I, I don't want to keep harping on your age because that's not fair. But I do. <laughs> but I, I just look. I think of myself, and you know, uh, like when I started out with photography, and and it kind of goes with a lot of other people I know. The, the common th- piece of advice that people are given are to just like try everything, do everything. And I, I think that maybe you are probably at that stage where maybe you're still trying everything and trying to just like kind of find what you actually love within photography. Do you, do you find yourself in that position now or do you kind of like know the path that you want to go down? No, that's, that's great. So I'm kind of torn between three paths at the moment. So when I first started actually getting into photography, I put with air brackets, but I realized you can't see what I'm doing. But in photography and that genre as a whole, I actually really started out with videography was what I originally was doing. So when I was working with my dad, I was doing a lot of video content for him and his website. And I thought when I first started, I was like, I really want to do videography. I want to be a film editor and I want to shoot and edit videos And then we stopped doing as many videos with my dad. And then it started going more into photography. And I was like, I want to do photography. I want to be a, you know, portrait photographer. Then I came out here and started teaching. I was like, I really like teaching. But where I currently sit now is I'm torn between videography, photography, and teaching. So I'm actually torn between three things in terms of testing the waters in all of them and seeing what would work best for kind of the future of what I'm doing. And I do like teaching a lot, but I find more gratification in video, like having a finalized, finished video content uh, is more satisfying. But I feel like the easiest thing that comes most naturally to me is photography. So trying to pick between those three is where I'm currently sitting. And how do you continue educating yourself? What steps do you take kind of on a day-to-day or do you have goals in mind that you need to achieve in order to like continue your advancement uh, in learning? Because I, I don't know, my, like maybe I'm wrong in thinking this, but I feel like people who teach, like if you do teaching long enough, maybe you stop learning yourself and you become this kind of guy that's an old hat. And I know that you haven't been doing it for 20 years or anything like that, but like you've still been doing it a few years. So how do you continue learning yourself and, and advancing your own knowledge? So the main thing that I do in terms of advancing my own knowledge, again, a great question. You're good at this. But what I really try and do is anytime someone like a student of mine asks me something, if I don't know the answer immediately to it, I go, I have no idea, but that's a great question. Let me figure that out and get back to you another time on that. For example, someone the other day asked me, or no, this was today, not even the other day. This was today. Someone asked me, how come zooming the lens gives me a shallower depth of field? And I was like, man, I actually don't know why specifically zooming in gives you a shallower depth of field at any given aperture. Let me find that out. And now today I'm going to go and I'm going to find out why does zooming in make it a shallower depth of field. So students always come to me with like really crazy questions. And I know about 95% of the time what the answer is, but there are some times where I have no clue. So I think through my students' questions is where I often learn the most and just trying to figure out the answer to those like really oddball questions. Yeah, that's good stuff. I guess so I guess you just kind of put yourself in a learning environment. I mean, you literally have your teaching, but you did right. put yourself <laughs> in an opportunity to learn um by being around those who you're teaching. So um, like when you stepped into a classroom for the first time or, or whatever the, you know, the learning environment is, is like down there, like you step in the classroom for, for the first time a few years ago and people are staring at you and, you know, you're, you're 
doing this for the first time, like take us through, take us through those first experiences of like being an, being an educator within photography. Yeah. So at first how it started was I was basically shadowing the other instructor and I'm not going to name names or anything, but the other instructor that I was replacing when I moved here to Dubai originally, she was a little bit more stern. She was a little bit more strict in her teachings. I think she'd been working there for like four or five years at the time. So I think she had kind of hit a little bit of a wall, which was why she wanted to leave. And so when I was watching her teach, people would come up with questions. She'd be like, oh, you know, she'd be really impatient. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, how do you not know this? You fool kind of a mentality. And so when I saw that, I was like, man, I would hate to be a student in this situation where I come paying X amount of money to learn photography and then I'm being kind of belittled about, you know, I want to know the answer to this question and now I am getting all this flack for it. So when I first started teaching, my whole thing was I wanted to make it as fun as possible. Like I wanted people to actually enjoy the class because there's a lot of technical of photography that's admittedly very, very boring, like snooze fest, boringsville. And there were a lot of times where I was like, man, this is boring content. How can I make this interesting whatsoever? So that was like my first challenge as a photographer or as a teacher was to figure out how do I make this interesting and and fun for people? So a lot of that comes down to basically it's a performance. It's a show. Anytime I teach a class, you're getting a mini theater performance. Uh, so I'm always standing up, walking around the classroom. I'm showing practical examples. Uh, I'm picking things up off people's desks. I'm, you know, throwing pens around the room just to keep their attention through an admittedly very boring topic sometimes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And um, like what you just mentioned there kind of reeled me back. You said you left you left high school, like the physical high school. You still learned online, but you right, left right, right. You left pretty, like pretty young to, to kind of step away from that and to step into like a path. So like, how did you come to that decision to like, be like, all right, I'm done with this. I need to continue doing this because at such a young age, it's a, that's a pretty big decision. Yeah. So how it all kind of came to be was I was in eighth grade when I started actually getting really serious about doing lots of video work. That's when I was like, I was like, okay, I'm really, really interested in this. And so all throughout that summer, I was doing lots of video work and we were doing like a 48 hour film festivals, which is basically where you have to uh, storyboard, script, shoot, edit an entire film in 48 hours. So I was really, really involved in that. And my first year of high school came, I was about halfway through the year and I was like, man, like none of this feels like it's applicable to what I want to do in life. Like I know I want to be in the creative field in some manner, whether that's with video or photography at the time it was video. And I was like, man, I just, I want to pursue this full time. I'm tired of having to spend like eight hours a day just doing a bunch of random BS and like being fed up with the homework. And I want to travel with my dad and assist him on jobs. And like, I already had this in my mind, like that's, that's what I want to do. That's what I was super passionate about at the time. And I was like, I, I want to pursue this full time. How can I do it? So I went up to my dad. I was like, dad, I don't want to do this anymore. How can I possibly, you know, get out of the system? He's like, okay, Caleb, you're going to finish up your first year of high school in public education. You're going to, you're just going to finish that. You're going to get 
X grades. You're going to do this, this, that, and this and that and get this done. And we'll do online school for one year. We'll see how that goes. You can travel with me. You can assist me on different jobs and things like that. And if it doesn't go well and you slack off and you don't get the work done, then we put you back into high school. But if it goes well, then we can continue and see where this goes. And uh, so when my peers were all graduating high school, I was already here in Dubai teaching photography, which was kind of the path that I had kind of originally wanted to go in was photography of some sort. Well, that's that should be inspiring too. If there's like a young person out there who actually finds this podcast somehow and listens, I hope that that kind of resonates with them because it's, I mean, that level of self-awareness to find out what you feel your calling is at such a young age, uh, that's, that's tough to do. Not a lot of people can achieve that. Yeah. And one thing I want to mention along that same side note is uh, I was very fortunate to live in a super cool town where I could go and visit my friends and I had a car that I could go and drive to. And I also had a bike as well. So I could go and bike to all my friends within a matter of 10 minutes. Um, so in terms of like socially, I was able to still see all my same friends. So if you were also just any you know, smaller people out there, or younger people out there that are still in high school or middle school, and you're like, man, I want to do... Uh, I want to do all of the online school and all that stuff. You have to have something that you're actively working towards because online school is still just as boring and just as painstaking as going to school, but except you're doing it on your own. You're by yourself. Uh, so if you don't have something else that you're actively working towards, like if you don't have a solid goal, I would not drop out. There are certain situations where I was like, man, you know, I would have like maybe a week of nothing to do with photography uh, when I was doing online school. And then I was just doing schoolwork. And that was still just as terrible as going to school. Um, so it's not necessarily better unless you have a certain, you know, task oriented goal uh, that you can be working towards in that free time. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. All right. So just to kind of like switch directions a little, tiny bit. Um not going to go on about your dad a lot, but he did present uh, in Cologne at Way Up North um, in 2018. Mm -hmm. And he had a pretty powerful presentation. I'm sure you've seen him present a time or two. And um, within his presentation, he 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 told a story about how he kind of hit a wall. Uh, he was going to quit photography, cold turkey. And in this story, he showed examples of how like his photography work kind of it, the work itself actually got him out of the rut that he was in and and the work that he was showing was like kind of dark portraiture where he really saw himself in a lot of the portraits so i, I bring that up because i'm sure seeing your dad's career as a creative you must have seen or been aware of this wall that he hit um maybe he didn't share too much with you i mean you're his son so maybe it wasn't that close that he communicated to you all these kind of dark things but assuming he did like did that kind of like spook you yourself thinking of your your own career going down this path as a creative and potentially hitting those walls yourself yeah to touch on whether he shared with me or not uh i saw him every day so i saw that whole entire process as it kind of flourished you know I saw him all the way from when I was super, super young, like 10, 11, 12 years old, teaching workshops and coming over to the house and having mixers. And so I saw all of that 
all the way up until, you know, he started doing like more freelance stuff and he started getting out of the music industry, going more into commercial editorial, all the way into when we were doing Dead Pixel together. He had this whole online community of photographers and he was doing all these assignment videos and we were shooting them together and I was editing them and we were doing all this stuff. And then that's when he kind of at a certain point hit his wall about a about a year and a half or so into his dead pixel community thing that he was doing and he just stopped creating like he was barely shooting at the studio he wasn't creating any video content uh i was myself wondering like how is he making money like because he just wasn't doing anything uh and then that's when i kind of followed him along in that process when he started putting out these filler forms of like, hey, I want to take portraits of people, fill in your details, and uh, I'll see if we can link up and take portraits. So I saw him through that whole process, and we had tons of conversations about it. Uh, and to answer your question, yeah, it is a bit scary. You know, it's it's when it's family and it's in the same kind of field of the same you know work and the same job. Uh, of course, you get those thoughts of like, what if that happens to me? Yeah, I'm, I'm no different than anyone else in that situation. Um, but my whole thing on it was, you know, he's been doing this for like a long time, like 20 plus years or something along those lines. So for for me, I'm like, you know, I have I've been doing this now for probably like seven years, realistically, of actually taking pictures with a camera. And so, you know, that's that's down the line for me. And I'm sure I'll I'll hit a similar wall. And I have hit a wall kind of in a way when I moved out here in terms of shooting because I was just teaching all the time. I wasn't actually taking photos. So I had that same kind of creative rut. But everything he says is true. The best way to get out of a rut is just to do. Instead of looking around waiting for inspiration of like, what should I go do? Just go and do anything. Do something, you know, because I spend so much time just sitting around not doing anything thinking, man, I wish I was out taking more photos. And I could be. I'm just not doing it. And that's uh, it's a really hard place to be in and a hard place to get out of. Uh, but once you start actively working towards it, then uh, then it's usually no problem to get back out. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> And I'll, I'll try to not bring up your dad again. Uh, I, those a couple That's things. Okay. Okay. I, this is about you, not your dad. But I, those couple things just came to mind. Uh, to swing it back to you, though, one of the best things that I I see online or on Instagram, I should say, each week is um, the incredible like tutorial Tuesdays that you do for for Golf Photo yes. Plus. Golf Photo Plus. Uh, maybe maybe you can take us through what Golf Photo Plus is. In my eyes, it's just like the gold standard of photography like <laughs> entities. I love what they do. So why don't you take us through what Golf Photo Plus is, and then um, what Tutorial Tuesday is? Because Tutorial Tuesday, it, Tutorial Tuesday, to me, is something I look forward to every week because you do it so well. <laughs> well, I'd first like to say thank you because I put a lot of, a lot of work into those. So anytime anyone mentions that, I'm always super thrilled. Uh, but just to give you a preface about Gulf Photo Plus for anyone that's not aware. So Gulf Photo Plus, they're based in Dubai, United Arab Emirates, and they're a basically center of photography and we do tons of stuff. So we do workshops ranging anywhere from a three-hour workshop on how to use your mobile phone and edit on it all the way up to level one where you've never touched a camera and you want to learn the fundamental course. That's an eight-hour course. Then there's level two, which expands on that. We have portrait classes, newborn classes. Uh, we do like photo walks. Basically, we have tons of specialty workshops in many different fields. 
that are running year round. And we have a couple different instructors, but I'm the main full-time instructor there. And so that's like our main bread and butter. We also do printing. So we do like super high quality archival gallery quality printing. So tons of different papers. We can do framing. We do all the full printing service. Uh, as well as we have a studio that we rent out. So if you want to come to Go Photo Plus and you want to rent out all of our gear, pro photo lights, big modifiers, small modifiers, the whole gamut, as well as we sell film. So we're the biggest film real, uh, reseller in the UAE as well. So if you want to buy portrait, Kodak, all the good film stocks, disposable cameras, as well as we work with a film uh, developing company and scanning company called Carmen Cita, which is based out of Spain. So you can come bring your film to us. We ship it off to Spain for you. And then they email you all your scans back. Uh, so we're basically like an all in one photography center. You want to learn photography. You want to print photography. You want to do photography. You want anything around photography. We are like kind of the, the main go-to people. And then on top of that, we do this weekly series, uh, starring me, Caleb, uh, called tutorial Tuesdays. And every Tuesday, we do a new video about something to do with photography or videography. So usually it's a, a short, you know, one to three minute video about some tip about photography. Usually we try and make it as fun as possible, do lots of fun, crazy edits. Uh, and it's usually very informative, but uh, very time consuming to make them every week. But it's that's a lot of fun. That, really that's the part it. that I noticed the most is like like do you sit with a team and storyboard this entire thing out like during the week or like what's the process of this actually like because there is a lot of thought behind each one yeah so it originally started out about a year ago we started doing this so i've done over 52 of these now um so it started out about a year ago and we would just shoot them on tuesdays with an iphone and it was literally like if I said something over 15 seconds, we'd have to reshoot it because we were just putting it on Instagram stories at the time. So every Tuesday, we do a video just shot on iPhone, super basic, nothing fancy. Uh, and then we started thinking like, let's up the production value a bit because we we're starting to get more views and it's getting more traction. So we started shooting it with a proper camera and we we're like, whoa, this looks way better uh, then we started getting microphones for it, and then I started scripting them, and I started storyboarding them. So what we would try and do is shoot like two or three in the same day, just so we'd have them in the bank. And we would spend like probably like five or six hours just filming Tutorial Tuesdays. Uh, but I'll tell you, the longest and the hardest part about Tutorial Tuesdays is the editing. So each Tutorial Tuesday takes me anywhere from minimum like two hours to on average about four or five hours on um, the longest one that ever took me to edit was about 19 hours of editing. Uh, that was for the four photographers challenge that I did. Uh, and yeah, but I love every bit of it. But in terms of the team that does it, it's me and the social media guy named Roz. So I do the storyboarding, the scripting, and the editing, and Roz will do the filming for me. Uh, so it's really like a two me and show. Roz team, two-man show, uh, and we, we crank them out every week, but they're, they're always so much fun to do. That's one of my favorite parts about my job is that. Um, one photographer who might be outside of your world, but he's definitely within our world, is a guy named Sam Hurd, who um, he's based in the States, and um, he has a Patreon account, and he's absolutely killing it, and he does so well. And I asked him the last time I saw him in France, 
I was like, like, how do you keep coming up with these ideas? Because I feel like the ideas would be the most challenging part. And he answered with, it's the people within the Patreon community who kind of like feed him the ideas. So, I mean, that's a slight detour from what you're doing, but I guess to segue back to you, like, where do the ideas come from on a weekly basis? Like, how do you keep coming up with these fresh topics to, to do in these tutorial Tuesdays? It's really tough, but if you think about how many fragmented parts there are of photography, you can talk about lenses, you can talk about camera bodies, you can talk about ISO aperture, shutter speed, white balance, auto exposure bracketing, editing, you can go into video, you can talk about why do I use a lapel mic, there's a lot of different stuff. But if to just cut you off there, like that's yeah. exactly what the problem would be. <laughs> like there is so much stuff. So like, how do you kind of boil it down a little bit? We'll write down like 20 ideas of different stuff that we haven't done before and then go, okay, what would realistically be easiest to film over the, like, what's our schedule? What am I currently working on? Like, what could we feasibly finish within that time? So for example, uh, we just did one last week on exposure compensation. That one took maybe like 30 minutes to shoot because we were busy with other projects. Um, so we filmed that and boom, that was done. And then it took maybe like two hours to edit that one. Interesting. Interesting. And when you're doing these and I'm watching them, uh, and I'm thinking like, I've obviously, I've watched them a little bit closer now because we got you coming, coming up here to Sweden. But when I'm watching you do these, like, I actually think you're actually just like that. Like there's no act going on. Like, would you, is that a fair, like a fair assumption? Like you're just this charismatic dude who's just like balling with energy. Yeah, and- that's, that's pretty much how I teach all my workshops. However I do tutorial Tuesday is kind of what you're getting in real life as well. Now, of course with tutorial Tuesday, uh, like I'll mess up the script and then I'll be like, oh, you know, and you know, say something really stupid. Um, and then I have to like kind of go back into it. Um, but, uh, yeah, for the most part, what you see on tutorial Tuesday is, is how I am. It's exciting, man. It's exciting <laughs> for you because like, I mean, I'm just like, as I said, I'm just this dude up here in Sweden, kind of like checking stuff out online, but like, you can pretty much see what you're doing and, and like the star quality is kind of there, the charisma, the talent, the likability, the, you know, the knowledge. So it seems like you kind of got the full package um, and I'm not here to like pump your tires, but I want to like <laughs> bring that up because I wonder like what, what, if any opportunities have kind of been cast your way that have made you kind of rethink what you're currently doing. Um, well, I had the opportunity to go out to Hong Kong to assist for uh, the CEO of Photix and kind of have a thing in that. So like, that was a big deal. And I was like, man, that, that'd be really cool. But that was around the same time I got this offer and I just chose this one. Um, uh, other things as well is, uh, got to go to the property brothers house in Las Vegas. That was really cool to go assist my dad on a shoot for them. Uh, I taught vanilla ice, how to use airdrop. No. That was really fun. That was an exciting thing. Two, those are like uh, a couple Canadian, Canadian references there, vanilla ice and the property. Yeah. Guys. Love the Canadian anity. <laughs> Canadian anity. <laughs> but yeah, there's been, there's been like quite a few things, uh, that have happened basically through my ability to shoot and edit video. Like for example, got to go to Morocco with my dad and shoot a whole video for Fuji, which was really, really cool. Um, so I've, I've done all kinds of like really crazy wacky stuff through photography, but I don't think of it as being weird. I think about it as just being 
you know, my my life, which, which seems kind of weird to say now, now that I say it out loud. But I think from an outside perspective, like, yeah, I've definitely done a lot of crazy stuff through photography. And with like with your position and the things you're doing and the kind of life you're leading, do you have any any peers out there who you kind of see as contemporaries, no matter where they live? Maybe they live in, in the Gulf or maybe they live in Hong Kong or something like that. But do you have kind of like peers out there who are kind of within a close network of yours who you who you kind of look to for not inspiration, but kind of a push every now and again? Like, do you have any peers like that out there? Uh, in terms of peers, I mean, like my my main circle of people are the people that I work with at Gulf Photo Plus, and uh, I live in a shared villa in in Dubai, uh, which is really really cool. So all my housemates are so amazing. Uh, like for example, uh, Dario, this guy, he's like really incredible with Facebook lead ads. So he's been helping me set up Facebook ads and like promoting myself through you know. Uh, different channels on the internet to get freelance gigs. And he's been really, really helping me just get out of this mindset of I go teach, I come home, I play video games, I play pool, I go to bed, right? So uh, he's been really super helpful with that as well as uh, my coworker, Alice. Uh, Big shout out to Alice from Gulf Photo Plus. She's incredible. I think without her, uh, the entirety of Dubai would fall apart. Like she is the core of GPP and just everything. Uh, so she's, she's really great at helping, you know, be like, Caleb, go out and do this, like stop being a lazy butt and just go do it. Uh, so she's, she's really cool and helpful in that regard. But yeah, just the people I interact with on a, on a day-to-day basis, I wouldn't say there's any one in particular that encourages me more than the others. Uh, everyone I surround myself, usually I tend to be uh, big fans of, I never, like to surround myself with people who are usually negative or uh, downgrading. Sounds like you're like, sounds like you're kind of at home there. Do you have any ambition, you know, to eventually go home home or is that kind of like where you can see yourself for a while? Don't ask me that because here's the thing. So I originally, when my lease was ending in the place I'm staying now, which was May of this year, uh, that's when I was planning on moving back to the States but I was like, you know what? You guys want to do one more year? They're like, yeah, let's do one more year. So here I am now, two years later, still in it. So we're like, let's just do one last year here. So my original plan was to move back to the States in May. But now as it currently stands, uh, there's a lot going on here. Uh, And I really do enjoy my life here, but I also really miss my family uh, because it's just me in terms of my family. All my cousins, my grandma, my uncles, my aunties, every bit of my family is back in Atlanta, all within like a 30-minute radius of each other. So if I go back there, then I'm with family, but I feel like there's a lot more opportunities here. So... I don't know. I'm, I'm torn on that one. Cause I really do like it here, but I really do miss my family. So it's, it's a, it's a hard, hard question. That one It's the hardest question so far. Well, maybe you should say to your family that they should all meet you in Stockholm this October. You can have a big family reunion. Yeah. Over there. Way to bring it full circle. <laughs> well, look, man, I'm not going to take much more of your time. Uh, I know you're a busy guy, but uh, I just want to say well, thanks again for, for agreeing to come to Stockholm this October. Uh, it's kind of cool for us uh, for many reasons. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to having you up here. Well, I'm super excited to be there. All right. Well, stay out of the plus 45 heat. It's too hot to do anything normal. <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> it's, 
It's crazy hot, yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, Stockholm's weather. <laughs> oh, you like cold, dark, and depressing. All right, you come to the right place. Of course. Of course. Anything colder than where I'm currently at is is heaven right now. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. All right, man. Thank you very much for this conversation and uh, take care. Absolutely. You too. All right. See ya. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.